We are continuing in the series, The Foundation of Truth. And uh, last Sunday, I concluded Transformation. And uh, again, as a reminder, the main focus of this series is concerning the social unrest because of racism and how we in Christ, how we must live. No matter what's going on in the world, there's a way we who say we love Christ we who say we love God, there's a way we ought to live, to manifest this life. Alright? So how people of different races, backgrounds, you know, it doesn't matter how we all can live as one. And we don't, there's, don't, there's no need to be hatred, division, separation. Because we are all called to be one in Christ. The church is the pillar and the foundation of truth. And that has to be revealed. That has to be manifested through the church. The world has to see in the church, how we of different races, backgrounds, socio-economic backgrounds, doesn't matter, rich, poor, doesn't matter how we all have to be and all how we all should be living as one in Jesus Christ. So this week, I'm going to continue with the series and then the topic for this week, I'm going to be talking about love one another. I spoke about the love of God several weeks ago. And this one is now, I'm going to talk about love one another. And I'll tell you why. Now I'd like you to turn to the book of John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. I'm not going to spend too much time about why Jesus said what he said. Because that's not the focus of it. I want to take it in a different way, but I want to show you something. And I want to touch on a few things before in, this, in these verses. Alright, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. I'm going to start reading verse 34. John chapter 13, verse 34. Jesus is speaking and he says here to the disciples, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Verse 35. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now when I read this, and I'm sure some of you who have read it, Jesus has a new commandment. Why does he need to give a new commandment? He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this love you have for one another, all... That's believers and non-believers will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. And I'll define what a disciple is. A disciple, in the concordance means a pupil. My definition is a student of a discipline. A student of a discipline. So if you want to become, I'll just pick on a, if you want to become a, 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 a Let's say, I'm going to pick up my wife, an accountant. Accountant is the discipline. A disciple is a pupil who is learning to apprehend this discipline. So a, an accountant has to do coursework. And when they completed the coursework, they are called an accountant. They have achieved the discipline. So as you're going through the coursework in school, you are pupil or you are disciple. If you want to be the son of God, 
be who God created you to be in the image of Christ, you have to go through the coursework. The coursework takes our whole life. We go through things. We experience things. God reveals things. That's the coursework. Alright, so I'm just trying to give you an analogy. So this, the disciple is the student who is going through the coursework to achieve the discipline. Okay? So it's a student under learning. So why, Jesus, why did Jesus have to give a new commandment? That you love one another as I have loved you so that people will know that you are my disciples. Because there are the, the Ten Commandments. Then there are other, other laws and things that are required. But the first two, love God, love your neighbor as yourself, that covers everything. But why a new one? Well, I'll tell you why. The first one, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, that's, that's self-explanatory. The second now, love your neighbor as yourself. Loving your neighbor as yourself, not every person loves their neighbor the same way they love themselves. The way you love your neighbor is only contingent on the love you have for yourself. Not everybody loves themselves the same way. Jesus had to give a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So there is a standard. With Jesus, there is a standard of what that love is. But loving your neighbor as yourself, that standard shifts depending on how you love, your, your, how you love yourself. So this commandment Jesus gave it's not a suggestion. It's a command. Love one another. And that love for one another is to reveal something. To reveal that we are his disciples. That's the reason for the command. That's the reason for loving one another. we got to show something. There has to be evidence of this discipleship. Alright? Now this is not human love. But it's the way God loves. The way Jesus demonstrated his love is the way the Father loves and the way we must also love. Some of this will sound familiar because I touched on some of this before. But I'm going somewhere with this. Alright? So I posed a question several weeks ago. If the church is the pillar and foundation of truth, where is the example to the world of this love. This love is supposed to, to unite the body of Christ or make us one. Where's the evidence of it? Right now, the body of Christ is divided based on ideology, based on whatever. The, the body of Christ is divided. Why is that? Where's this love? Where Jesus says, says love one another. And then love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. Where is this? Where is the evidence of it? If we are a new man in Christ, if we are all in Christ, there ought to be no separation. Where is the evidence of this love? Where is it? What standard can the world see in the church whereby to pattern the way they should live to have unity. All I see is division. I see chaos. I see misinformation. I see lying. 
I'm seeing all these things. And the more and more these things permeates, is the more division and the more chaotic. And the Bible clearly says, where there's envy and strife, there's every evil work in play. Where is it? Where is the manifestation of this love in the church? The church is the foundation and the pillar of truth. Where is the love? I don't see it. Where is it? Something has to be manifested to the world to what Jesus just said. Love one another as I have loved you. When you have this love, the world will know that you are my disciples. You are my students under learning who are being schooled to a discipline. To be like me. To have my mind. To have my heart. Like the Father. So why love one another? Not only to show that we are his disciples, but also to manifest the love of God and the heart of Christ himself. That's why. This manifestation of the love of God can only happen when we truly love one another the way Jesus commanded. I don't think the church really understands what this love is. Because if we did, we would be walking in love and manifesting that love. There wouldn't be division and separation. And there wouldn't be schisms and fighting against each other. If we truly understand the love of God, this will not be happening. If people truly love one another, the world will see how people of different races, backgrounds, etc. can live as one. This requires the mind and the heart of Christ himself. So because of all the division and separated, it tells me that the church still does not understand the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ. That's, that's my deduction from what, I'm, from, from what I'm reading here and from what I see. We are playing lip service to the word of God. We say we love Jesus, but where's the evidence of it? It's only lip service. Because the love that we have to have for one another require us to die. And I don't think we're willing to ready to do that. But that's going to change. How do I know it's going to change? Because Jesus said it's going to change. He, he prayed the prayer in John 17. That, the world, that we will be one. It's going to happen. Why? Because he said it's going to happen. And in Revelation he said... The bride makes itself ready. It's going to happen. Why? Because he said it. <laughs> That's how I know. Not because I think so. Because he said it. And when he said it, whatever he has said is going to happen. But it's going to happen. It's going to be a lot of pain and suffering for it to happen. But it's going to happen. The church is going to have to learn to let go of things and focus on the Lord himself. And learn to die. We have to learn to put the needs of others before our needs. We actually learn what it means to love one another. That's why Jesus gave this commandment. It takes the understanding of the love of God and courage to walk in that love. Let me tell you something. It's easy for people to quote stuff and read stuff. But when you actually have to do it, man, it's a, it takes you to a whole different level. You need the grace of God. You need the power of God. You need the strength of God. Because, let me tell you something. To love somebody else, especially when they, they're, they're just getting on your last nerve, it takes courage. 
It takes a strength that we don't have sometimes. It's easy to love the people who love you. But the people who really get on your nerves, that's hard. And the Lord knows it's hard. That's why He gave us the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. But I'm, I'm just telling you, it's not easy. I understand. And the Lord understands. That's why He came in the form of man. To experience everything that we have experienced. So when He's at the right hand of the Father as He is now, He can have mercy and compassion. Because He knows what we are going through. He knows it's not easy. But that's not an excuse. He has given a means, a way to do it. To walk in love. He has made it possible. All we have to do is receive it. And take steps of faith. And He gives us the grace, the strength to love one another. The way we love one another reveals the way Jesus loves us. And proves to the world that the Father sent Him. And it proves that we are His disciples. Jesus never ever said any idle words. Whatever he said, he was able to back it up. And this is how he backed it up. Oh my God. Listen, you get a hold of this, it will change your life. Jesus said a lot of things. If you go read all the Gospels and read the epistles, what Paul wrote and the revelation that Paul, through what Paul wrote and Peter and John, everything Jesus said, you know how it came to pass? He allowed himself to be put on the cross as the ultimate expression of his love. And then after he did that, he sent the Holy Spirit. Because his disciples, including us now, we need the power of the Spirit to walk in his love. So that that, so that, that love can be revealed to the world, to the world. Let me repeat that. He allowed himself to be put on the cross. As the ultimate expression of his love. After that. He sent the Holy Spirit. Because his disciples. Including us today. Need the power of the Spirit. To walk in his love. To reveal that love to the world. And I'm going to prove it to you. Let's go to John chapter 15. Verse 26 and 27. And then John chapter 16. Let's turn to John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. And then John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus is speaking. But when the Helper comes, that's the Holy Spirit, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Now verse 7 of chapter 16. I'm going to read that and I'm going to talk about it all together. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Listen, this is awesome. This is awesome. Jesus, I'm going to repeat it. 
John 15 verse 26. When the helper comes, whom I shall send, shall is means it's going to happen. It's future tense. Because he already knows he's going to, do, going to go to the cross. He already knows that. So he's telling them, when I go to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Because he says, it's beneficial. It's to your benefit that I go to the Father. Because if I don't go, I can't send the Holy Spirit to help you. So he already resigned that he's going to go to the cross. He, he made up his mind. He's going to the cross. And he said, when I go, I'm going to send the helper. When the helper comes, he will testify of me. Whatever he said, the helper says, the Holy Spirit says, whatever he does through you, it will testify of what I have said and what I promised. Oh my God, this is awesome. He's going to bear witness of me. And that witness, what is that witness? It's the revelation of the reality of the love they have for one another. And the love that the Lord has for them. Oh my. He says. Love one another. As I have loved you. By this. All will know that you are my disciples. By the love you have for one another. When he sends the spirit. He says advantages. It's more advantages for me to go. So I could send the spirit. Because they can't love one another in their own strength. They need the power of the Spirit to do it. So for what I have just said to you about loving one another, you can't do it on your own because that's like the second commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's not good enough. You need the power of the Spirit to love one another the way I love you. So for that to happen, I have to go to the Father. And the only way I can go to the Father, I have to die. I have to allow myself to be put to the, on the cross. So when I get to the Father, the Holy Spirit will come from the Father to you. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. After Jesus died and resurrected. Listen, there, if this is, listen, you meditate and you get this, it'll change your life. It'll change the way you think about it. Good Friday and, and Easter Sunday. I mean, it'll change your life. Your whole walk will change. Alright, so it's a witness. This revelation of this love will be manifest by the love you have one for one another. This love expressed through their oneness will bring to pass what Jesus prayed in John 17. Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given them that they may be one. So that the world will know that you sent me. What is that glory? The Spirit. How is it going to be manifest? By the way they love one another. Amen. It's all tied together. Jesus kept his promises. And through his disciples, those promises were revealed. Through us. Not when, when I was, listen, don't get it twisted. When I say his disciples, don't think of just Peter, James and John. It talks about us now. We are all students. Being schooled to a discipline. What? To be like Christ. So when he says disciples, he's not talking only about them, the twelve. He's talking about us now also. It applies to us. So the promises that were made to the disciples and will be manifest through the disciples will be revealed through us. What will be revealed? The will of God. What is that? That people of different races 
and backgrounds can live together, know how to love one another. Why? Because we all have the same spirit. What spirit is that? The Holy Spirit. We have all been born again. Oh my God. I hope you're getting this. All right. So it's important that we understand what love. That love is. So when Jesus said here, love one another as I have loved you. That's a powerful statement. But he went to the cross to bring it to pass. So that he could send the Spirit. And he said that Holy Spirit came from the Father to you. At the day of Pentecost. So when you say yes to Jesus. When you believe. That Spirit comes in you. And turn the light switches on in your spirit. So then you could start seeing and understanding the things of God. Alright. Let's turn to John. Let's go to John chapter 15. Go back to John chapter 15 verse 12. To 14 and then verse 17. John chapter 15 verse 12. And the reading goes like this. Now this is Jesus saying something before he said a new commandment. Now verse 12. Jesus is speaking again. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. He said it before and in verse 15 lower down he said it again. So it must be important. Alright. This is, my com- this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. That's important. That's powerful. And there are no excuses. We have a choice. He said clearly here. In verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. You prove that you love me if you do what I command you. If you keep my words. Not just saying I love Jesus. And cussing out your neighbor. Or doing wrong and then saying you love Jesus that don't cut it what you do matters what you say matters because it's a testament of your life you say you have in Christ if you are saying one thing and doing something else you're a hypocrite but don't come under condemnation I'm just telling you what the Bible says So you have a venue where you can confess your sins. It says, I mean, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So there's a way out. You can confess your sin and get right back with God, but you have to turn from it. You have to forsake it. Okay? So Jesus said here, again, what he said it initially, verse 12, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. So not only is he their Lord and Master, he called them friends. Why are they friends? Because they are doing his will. They are doing his will. So if you know you are walking in the light, you can call Jesus your big brother. You can call him your friend. Why? Because you are walking in in the light, you are doing his will. Amen. Alright. So what did G- what 
So what is it about, how did Jesus demonstrate his love? He was willing to lay down his life. Because what did he say in verse, in verse 12 here? In verse um, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. He was willing to go to the cross so that they can receive the promises, the things he spoke about. And this is the example. We have to be willing to lay down our life for our brother or our sister. That is putting their, their needs before our own. That is not love your neighbor as yourself. That's the love one another Jesus is talking about. You have to be willing to lay down your life. Think about that. And Jesus expects us to understand this love and to do it. Because he said, you're my friends if you do what I command you. So it's expected of us, if we say we love him, to be willing to lay down our life, to put the needs of others before our own. So when we obey him, the fruit from our lifestyle is a testimony of Christ. Because what will people see? They will see proof of his love by the way we love one another. By the way we keep his word. There is tangible evidence if I am, I am, you know, if I'm living with, uh, you know, my, my relationship with people of another race is so tight, so close, that we are willing to lay down our life for each other. That's a testament, a witness of this, the love one another. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there's tangible proof of this. Alright? So we have to understand this commandment. And when we do understand it, we will know how to love one another and be a testament of the wisdom and the love of God. So the division in the church is a testament and proof to me that they don't understand what this, this new commandment. Because if you understood it, you would walk in it. Because Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So if you understand, and if you're willing to die, I don't mean physical death, but I mean to do things God's way and not your own way, that is proof to me if you're willing to forgive, if you're willing to put aside hate, if you're willing to put aside your own way, your own ideology and do things God's way, that proves to me that you are really understanding and you're walking in the love for your brother. You know what it means to love one another. Okay, so this is, what he's, this is what he's asking and he's telling them to do. And this is what he's asking us today to do. So if you're not talking to your brother because of politics. If you're not talking to your brother because of whatever reason. Because of their race. Or they don't have the, a nice house as yours. Or they don't have a nice car as yours. Or they don't have a nice bank account like yours. Or they don't wear designer clothes. You are screwed up in your head. You're not walking in the love of God. Because the love of God, loving one another is not contingent in what you have or what your status is. You will put everything aside to do what Jesus says. Love one another. You will let nothing get separate you from loving your brother. Anything you let separate you from loving your brother is your own personal idol. And you choose to obey and yield to that instead of the command Jesus specifically said to his disciples, love one another as I have loved you. I am willing, 
and able and went to the cross to give you the power to do it. I demonstrated what that love is and I did it. And I expect you to do it. Because you can't do I understand you can't do it in your own strength. You need my power to do it. So I was willing to go to the cross. Send the Spirit for your benefit. For your advantage. That's what he said to disciples. It's for your benefit that I leave and I go to the Father. So I could send the Spirit to help you to know what it is to love one another. And manifest my glory and my wisdom. That's what he's saying. He went to the cross. So we have no excuse that we can't love people. None whatsoever. The reason why we can't love people is because we choose to be disobedient. We choose to be knuckleheads. We choose because we have our own personal idols we don't want to get rid of. Amen. So I hope, I really hope I give you something to think about. And you know, when you, when you meet with people and they have this attitude, us against them, especially if they say they're Christians. Listen, we can't do nothing about the world. People in the world will act like people in the world. But we have to be different. We have to be different. And if we get in a conversation with people and we're we arguing over stuff, we better take a step back and say, wait a minute, is this the love of God? Is this the love of one another Jesus talked about? Hey, we always, we always have to come back to Christ. The mind of Christ. The heart of Christ. The heart of God. Amen? Alright. So listen, I'm going to stop there. And I hope you, I give you some stuff to meditate on. Today and the, this week and the rest of your life. Because listen, I'm telling you what the Lord is tell, talking to me about. Okay, my heart breaks. My heart breaks when I see... Uh, uh, believers attacking one another in the media. When I see them fighting over stuff, it, my heart breaks because I know it breaks the heart of God. That's not what He's about. But the Lord is gonna br- He's gonna bring it. Whatever idols we have in the church, He's gonna bring it all down, crashing down. That's why the Bible clearly says, "Be careful how you build about." Upon that foundation of Christ. Because the time will declare it. It will all be put to a test. And if it's built on wood, hay or stubble. It will all come crashing down. It will all come crashing down. Alright. So I hope I gave you something to meditate on. And I'll continue with love one another next week. And I hope you receive something today. In Jesus name.